Fly Show with me, Dave Juskow. Hope everybody's doing okay. It is February. That was quick. 2021's almost over, so we can get into 2022 where everything will be just fine. <laughs> but yes, it's going to be an exciting show today. We got lots of entertainment and a good time coming up. I am in a really terrific mood. I was out all day doing stuff. It's a lovely, sunshiny day, even though it's freezing cold and there's nothing to do all weekend. I'm taping on a Saturday, of course. Because I love Saturdays. It's New York City. It's the Nightfly. And it starts right now. All right, so today... Um, I actually, I, I mean, this is so pathetic. I got up early um, to um, go gamble in New Jersey. Like, I took, you know, normally I just take the ferry out there or something. And, uh, you know, because the Super Bowl is coming up. So I usually start two weeks in advance. And this time I only, uh, you know, just started this week. I mean, what's that all about? But, um, you know, I got to start placing my bets. You know, this is what I've been doing for the last 30 years. So, you know, it's not it's not abnormal. But it's freezing today. It's like, you know, in New York City, it's like 18 degrees, uh, probably less because of what they call the wind chill factor, which technically they should just tell you it's two degrees because it's the wind. Why are we including the why you say with the wind chill? We know there's a wind chill. Just say what the temperature is. So when you go outside, the temperature is two. It doesn't matter that there's a wind chill factor. It doesn't feel like 18 degrees. Just tell me what the temperature is with the goddamn wind chill factor. Why is it necessary to add that on later? You just tell me it's two degrees. I'm going to know it when I get outside. Anyway, I got my car instead. Normally, I would take the bike because I also had to do, you know, I, I like Saturdays. I, I enjoy, you know, going around the city, um, visiting people, doing stuff. You know, I mean, you can't really do that anymore. But I like having an agenda, you know. And on, and normally, I mean, I could totally tape this on Sunday but because it, there's no football this weekend. So, you know, my Sundays start to clear up. But I just, I just can't do it. I love recording on Saturdays. I like, I like putting it out to my Patreon uh, lovely subscribers on Saturday nights. 
I just, you know, I enjoy the process of Saturdays, and I just, and I, I don't have anything to do tomorrow. I have nothing to do tomorrow, but I don't know. I just, um, like Sundays still suck. And the funny thing is, I mean, I'm not working, right? So what do I have to do on the weekdays? Nothing. I mean, uh, you know, uh, so what am I, what is, what are Sundays still a bummer for? How can Sundays still be a bummer? But in my head, and I think a lot of you feel this way, I mean, if you've ever gone to school or work in your past life, then, you know, just Sundays blow. Um, you know, whether it's football or not, it's just Sundays suck because the next day is Monday. And even if you don't work and you don't set an alarm, there's something psychological about Sundays that just blow. Because we know other people are working, so it can't be super fun because, you know, you know, my friends work on Monday, so I can't, I'm like, well, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, I hate Sundays. I like Sundays, you know, before, before it gets dark. But, um, yeah, Sundays suck. So, like, when there's comedy shows, I don't want to do them. And, you know, I like going out for dinner on Sundays, you know, sometimes, especially football, but I don't even know what's going to happen after. Sometimes Sundays in the summers are okay, but other than that, Sundays suck, and everyone knows it. So I'm just in a much better mood on a Saturday. I mean, I had nothing but time tomorrow to feel. I could wake up early and tape the podcast, but Sunday suck. I like recording on Saturday. I like putting it together on Saturday. I like the process of Saturday. I like Saturdays. Saturdays make me feel good. Even though I don't work, Saturdays are still fun. And quite frankly, well, first, let's let's just, obviously, I'm shot out of a cannon. Um... So, yeah, so I go to, you know, Jersey. Not I don't have to go to the Meadowlands anymore to do it. I can do it on my phone, but you got to be physically in Jersey, right? So I drive my car out there. I drive it to this quick check over by the Meadowlands, right? Because I want to get the Star Ledger paper, right? I want to get some lottery tickets, and then I want to make my bets, right? It's like, a, it's like a, oh, my, this is going to be an unbelievable day <laughs> for a fucking complete lunatic. So I had to get my car out of the garage. Of course, it doesn't start again. I just got a brand new battery. What could possibly be the problem? If anybody knows, if I fix the alternator, I've changed the battery multiple times now. If anybody knows exactly what could be causing this unbelievably pain in the ass that's easily remedied, but, you know, a pain in the ass because you just need one charge and it clicks on and it's good to go. And it'll probably be good tomorrow now that I drove it around. But it's just, I don't know, you leave it a couple of days. It just can't be that you don't have to, and you say, oh, it's the cold weather. Come on. That's what the guys in the garage say. I'm like, it's not that cold down here. That doesn't make any sense. So, whatever. Anyway, I got the car. I go out there. I'm having, you know, I'm like, I'm like warm in my car. I'm like happy, you know. Uh, and, I, and then I go to visit my friend Vincent because I got some pot for him because he just got back surgery so, you know, I love distributing the weed on a Saturday or something to people that need it medically because Cuomo's such a complete douchebag that he doesn't seem to get that this would be uh, an unlimited fortune for New York, let alone gambling, doing it the wrong way. Cuomo's such an asshole. It's all coming out now. Everybody is against him. He's apparently under, um, under what do you call it, underrated or whatever it is about the people that have died. He's given false, like, numbers. Everybody's down on this guy. I mean, he sucks. He's not opening the restaurants. He's finally opening them on February 14th, 25%. I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, you want to help people? Open it on Super Bowl Sunday so some of these uh, sports bars can get some money in. You know, you're opening on Valentine's Day, that's adorable. But Super Bowl Sunday would actually help people. You know, if you open it, you know, different kind of bars, whatever. And then and then the other people can take up the the Valentine's Day numbers. You know, I mean, just what a complete douchebag this guy is. But anyway, pot helps a lot of people. And um, he like my aunt Judy had surgery. And, you know, he's just like, can you get me some? I'm like, sure. So I, 
you know, and I was in my car because otherwise I was going to take the bike, you know, the, the the motorcycle or whatever you call it, um, to the ferry. Take the ferry. I mean, it's too cold for that today, and I don't have the right boots because Wednesday. Get, okay, well, I'll tell you what happened. All right, I'm gonna start from the beginning, right? So anyway. Then I drove him, and he was going to Larry Moss's house because Larry Moss, the great acting teacher, who right now is helping Leonardo DiCaprio uh, for a new movie by Zoom, has not left his house since March 12th. Uh, He's, you know, almost 80, so he hasn't left. He's terrified of COVID. So Vincent was bringing him some stuff, and I said, dude, I told you, if he needs me to bring him something, let me know because I'm driving around sometimes. I can help. It's my pleasure not just to help Larry but to help anybody that needs help. Anything I can do to help somebody older or whatever condition they are, it's it's my pleasure to do. I have nothing but free time. So I told him that. So at least I was able to drive Vincent up to Larry's house and uh, he was bringing him some stuff because the guy hasn't left the house since March. But isn't it funny to not leave the house and you're like, well, I got a, you know, I got my job helping Leonardo DiCaprio with his next project and and there's probably and that's the only name I remember him telling me. You know, the list is endless what this guy does. He's the shit. Uh Larry Moss. So everybody, the acting world is a little worried uh about him catching COVID because then what is Leonardo DiCaprio gonna do? He won't be able to act anymore. So then I I was gonna bring the car to my house because I was gonna go back to Jersey tomorrow. It's like a process. You know, I make all these bets and if they work out, then uh, you know, you, you have money for the Super Bowl going, whatever. Nobody cares to know that part, but um, I was going to park it in front of my house. You can't park around here on a Saturday. It's awful. So I had to bring it back to the garage, and then maybe I'll get it tomorrow. I don't know. But, you know, and then walking, you know, was a, it was a complete disaster. But then I stopped at the coffee shop downstairs, and I was talking to this girl who's uh, new there. She was so nice. She has this beautiful red hair, like beautiful. I'm like, is that um, your hair? It's a, It's amazing. Her name is Samantha. I was talking to her for a while. I mean, she's unbelievable. I mean, her hair is just perfect looking. You know, it's good. Auburn hair, not like just like red. It's like beautiful. And she goes, thank you. You, My sister and I talk about it all the time. I got a lot of shit in school for it. And I'm like, isn't that funny that you got shit in school for having beautiful red hair? You have no idea what it's like just being Jewish. And I, I don't think she understood the gag. <laughs> like it's, it's funny to get mocked on for red hair, and that makes people uncomfortable. And I don't know. But um, it was really it was fun talking. I was talking to the owner of the place, and he's doing okay. And then I came into the building. There's this doorman that I like. He's a younger guy. I guess she invited him. I don't know what he's doing. I guess people are on vacation. So I was talking to everybody and having a good time, you know, in New York City. It was like an old-fashioned day talking to the, you know, the guys at the garage. I was just talking to regular folk here in the city. It was like an old school, like before COVID ever happened, and just talking to the people on the street, like the Sesame Street team, you know, the people that you meet each day. So I just, you know. I like talking to regular folk and uh, not just friends and family, but, you know, the people that you meet each day. And I was very talkative today, so I was having a good time. And like I said, it's a beautiful day except for the cold. It's a lovely sunny day, and apparently that's all supposed to go to shit this weekend. We're starting on uh, Sunday night. There's supposed to be a shit show, literally and figuratively. I think it's going to rain shit. I mean, it might as well at this point since what we've been through. But, no, it's supposed to be a big snowstorm here. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then I'm going to make tacos this evening. I'm very excited about it. It's the third week in a row. I can't get it up. The problem is I have the taco sauce here. So I, you know, I bought extra tacos, so I keep smelling it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this smells so good. And they don't seem that fattening. It's just some, you know, some a little bit of beef 
and some of them lettuce and tomatoes, you know? I mean, it doesn't seem that horrible. Yeah, I mean, you know I'm trying to diet, but the weekends I'm having trouble. I mean, I did it four days this week. I don't do it over four days. I did it Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So, you know, I'm good to go. But And then next week is the meal prep again. I already bought the groceries, which were $130. But the $30, let's say, that was for today. So it's like $100 for the week. Remember, it cost me... Three fifty to four hundred dollars, so it's a hundred dollars a week technically for the Nutrisystem foods. So then it's a hundred dollars for the thing. So I guess it all adds up. I don't think I'm saving money by doing this. But the meal prep this week, I'm making tuna, like a tuna pokey, a tuna pokey bowl for lunch. This is the meal prep. I'm cooking on Monday. I put it into containers, and then what am I making for dinner? Oh, um. Barbecue chicken with pineapple and then, you know, some broccoli and cauliflower rice. So those are my meals coming up for this week. But today I'm having tacos. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I mean, what a day, right? <laughs> it's nothing to do. The funny thing is this beautiful girl who, you know, we, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, she's really pretty. She called me the other day because she saw me on Crashing. And she's like, I'm back home. You know, you want to get together. You know, we, we got to go out and hang out. And I'm like, well, there's nowhere to go out. She goes, well, I can cook for you at my house. So technically, I could do that. But isn't it funny? <laughs> just, well, I don't know. I'm making tacos here by myself. I mean, what happened? I mean, listen, when you reach 70, you, you get confused on uh, what to do with your priorities. Now, obviously, if I was 25, I would have been at her house this evening already. But I feel like, well, they can wait. <laughs> no, but I'm making tacos. The tacos are so delicious, and it gets even worse. Yeah, I can't even tell you the other part because I don't. Want to, all right, I'll tell you that I no, I can't. It's too disgusting. I may I get that those Pillsbury cinnamon rolls. I think I told you that. Then I put extra. Oh my god! But it's just on the weekend. Well, after after football's all over, I know there's no football this weekend. Uh, hopefully, you think well. The restaurants will be open, and for so then every, maybe things will go back to semi-normal. I not normal, but you know what I mean. So what else? I mean, I got to tell you so much stuff. I think that's uh, what I'd say. Also, there's so much stuff. Okay, um, number two, Colin Smith, our amazing musician friend. If you're watching the Tuesday night shows, uh, the Comedy Cellar Tuesday night, seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time shows, the uh, they're They've been so great. Um, Dave Curry was kind enough to text me saying he likes the half-hour format, and it's like the old 70s variety show. I mean, that is totally what I'm going for. So thank you for letting me know. And thank anybody that, uh, you know, is saying I like the show. I, You know, I appreciate it so much. I love hearing from everybody um, when it's good. <laughs> but um, uh, so, yeah, the, the shows have been really fun and really great. And boy, do I got um, some this unbelievable thing. Anyway, with Colin Smith, I just want to tell you his new single came out yesterday, uh, Is It Ever Now? And if you want to purchase that on iTunes, it's very helpful for him. I cannot purchase it on iTunes. I do not have an iTunes account. I have nothing that's Apple combined. So any other way I can help him, I tweeted it yesterday, I can do, but I cannot purchase it. If you want to download it, it would help him, Colin Smith. And obviously, he's amazing. He's made the show great, and I don't pay him to do that show, and which is unbelievable and unheard of for a musician. 
they usually always have to get paid. So he's just doing it all out of the kindness of his heart. But it, I guess it helps him, too, in a way to get the word out about how amazing he is. The other day, yesterday, I was showing my mother and my sister on our Shabbat Zoom um, him singing this unbelievable duet with Christina Aguilera. He's amazing. But here's what I found out, and here's the fascinating news. Now, this tonight, this coming out on Tuesday, uh, well, actually, uh, th- tonight is Jeff Ross and Mark Cohen, and the reason I use those two is because we're going to go over the uh, opening lineup, um, the starting lineup for the Puppy Bowl, you know, it being Super Bowl Sunday week. Uh, we're going to go over the line, and I wanted two people that own dogs to be on the show, so I have Jeff and Mark Cohen, and you know that's going to be great. Um, and then the week after I had, well, it was Carmen Lynch just canceled, so I have Nick Griffin, who's obviously amazing, and I'll get somebody, all right? So, but the week after that, I have Dave Bryan from Bon Jovi. He's the keyboardist. And his daughter, Gabby Bryan, who technically does comedy, but uh, you know, I don't know what her story is. With we don't know each other, but I thought it would be fun to have her father and and her on uh, the show. He just did the musical Diana, that was supposed to be on Broadway, but it's it's done. It, you know, it didn't happen. And one of the songs was released called "If," and it's fantastic. So this guy not only is in, you know, one of my favorite bands, and I, you know, I know him from high school and even before that, Dave Bryan, um, but he's also a Tony-winning Broadway producer. So, you know, we have Dave Bryan and David Yazbek. I mean, the show is Broadway-friendly, and you know that David Juskow likes that. So that should be an interesting show, but then I found out this little tidbit of information that Gabby Bryan, who I guess sings as well, was on The Voice with Colin Smith. So this should be, and Colin's obviously going to be on the show, this should be an unbelievably fascinating half hour. Uh, maybe we'll definitely stretch it into 40 minutes. I can't wait. I'm really excited. And I asked Tom Papa to be on the week after. So our month of February is all set for the Comedy Cellar show. It should be terrific. This past Thursday... I put together a fundraiser for a, a high school here in the city called the Clinton Clinton High School. Um, uh, Gilbert Gottfried's wife put me in touch with these people. She's like, would you be interested in producing a show? I said, absolutely. We did a Zoom show. It went great. Everyone was great. I had the lineup was Jessica Curson, who was amazing. On Zoom, we're talking about, right? And everybody's doing comedy, not what we do at the Comedy Cellar show. She was doing her comedy. She was fantastic, and she also did it just before she went on stage at the Helium Club in Philadelphia, which, you know, I just can't believe she was doing a live show. So, But she was so funny. Then Elon went on, and he was terrific. Then Natterman, and he was amazing. Then Nick Griffin, who was such an idiot. His video wasn't working, so all of his stuff was just okay because we were only listening, which was retarded. <laughs> But um, then I believe Colin did a musical number, and he was fantastic. Then Olga, who I got to say just killed it. I mean, she killed it. She was amazing. First of all, she looked great. She's just sitting in her house on her couch just as if, I don't know, it's like this. I, I called her up. I'm like, you know, this is the way you know how to do Zoom better than anybody. She's sitting on her couch like talking. 
but being so funny. It was a completely different way to do comedy on Zoom and quite brilliant, even if she didn't plan it to be that way. She is just sitting on her couch. She's got a position perfectly. She looked great, and she did an amazing job. I think I'm going to try and put her on my next video thing so you can see what I'm talking about and the way she kind of positions herself and talks into the camera and does comedy. I want you to see it. Really think, after that night, and obviously I've seen her do comedy before, and you know that I have great aspirations for her career. And it's funny, uh, you know, I've always been such a big supporter of female comedy, which is so strange in a way because, you know, I was definitely one of those people, you know, in the 80s that thought women comics just aren't funny. But yet, and I've, you know, talked about this multiple times, Carol Burnett and Andrea Martin were my heroes. Um, But that was sketches and acting. So it's kind of funny that having such best friends um, in Sarah Silverman and Rachel Feinstein and, uh, you know, you know how uh, un- uh, unbelievably impressed I am with Wendy Liebman, um, you know, and then and now Olga. I, it's funny. I just find these women that are so talented and I think I just become in awe of them uh, because I guess it's I guess what is it? I mean, what what is I mean, obviously, I'm in love with guys that are that good, too, like a tell and stuff like that. But, yeah, I form these relationships with these really talented female comedians that are so good, and I really think Olga, if she doesn't get in her own way, can really make it, um, you know, because she's got an amazing backstory growing up in, in a, a very orthodox, conservative home. I mean, that's all we talk I mean, every new story I hear from her, I was talking about high school for her. What a, I mean, what a joke. This, this poor, no wonder she's a mess. It's going to be hard for her to get out of her way, let alone the way she's grown up. And she's like, listen, you got I mean, she's got this amazing joke where she goes out in a tank top at 16 and her dad's like, um, hey, hey, what are you doing? You know, like you're you're, you're in a tank top. You're going to you're too sexual. You got to. So she'll go, OK, I'll go uh, put on a turtleneck and then I'll blow all the guys in that or something like that. It's say I'm obviously telling it completely wrong, but it's really funny. And and remember, she's put the, these women are put out to not not pasture but put out to to uh, like almost like a like a slave auction block like an auction block in these uh, communities at 16 so they can meet people and be married by 18 which she did and then unfortunately in her case got divorced or fortunately you got to look at it either way and her community just gives her shit and shit and shit after that but you know that we were talking about the check cloth which of course is unbelievable that you know you send you know ugh, that's so gross i don't want to talk about it and then she was telling me about high school. Like, there's no, and she did really good in high school, but it doesn't matter when you're a woman in the Orthodox community. There's no college after high school. Only the men go to college. So there's nothing she does after high school. You, no, you're getting married after high school. What are you talking about? You don't need to even do well in school. You're getting married after high school. So uh, you're not actually thinking of college, are you? So, I mean, it's like this mentality, and to be able to function in a world outside of your community is why she's so conflicted, and you almost. And we've already had her on the show, and she's talked about it at length. But I'm always amazed by it because she really, I mean, because of COVID, there's a, a, a bump in the road. But her material really is fantastic. And I guess I haven't seen her perform in a long time, and I was uh, really overwhelmed by it. It just, uh, everything, you know, her whole, I, I just really think if she puts out a special, it, it's going to be huge. I, I just, I think it's a story we've never heard before, and she tells it 
in a really funny way. I just think she's got a lot of promise. Uh, but like I said, she's, you know, nutty. But what are you going to do? It's not really her fault. Um, anyway, she was great. And then Gilbert went on last, and he just killed it, of course. He's so funny. You know, I introduce him, and I introduce everybody the way I was introducing him on the, the Comedy Cellar show with the big intros, and it's a lot of fun. And then Gilbert comes on, and I'm like, Gilbert, go for it, everybody. An Italian and a Jew and a Polish guy. He just goes right into the material. It is hilarious. And and his wife, his wife, by the way, called me after and said, who is this Olga girl? She's amazing. So even she was like, oh, my God, I think she was my favorite that night. And then, you know, all these people started following Olga. Like, she was really the hit of the show because what a fun, you know, we already know the other people are quite professional, but it's like a find, you know, and I think that's uh, the way she is. Obviously, I sing her praises often on the show, but, you know, after seeing it live. So the fundraiser was really great. Everybody got paid. I got everybody money. So that made me feel really good. And I got paid for doing it, so it's good. And then Dara's like, let's just go into this business because you do a good show. And I'm like, thank you. You know how how hard I work at making sure the, the show flows and the show is good. And this is what I like to do anyway. So, And I like hosting. And Olga's like, you're a really good host. And I'm like, thank you. You know, I try really hard. I just don't want to be half-assed. There are certain things I don't want to do half-assed, and that's one of them. So, uh so that was super fun. You know, I was nervous about it all week, but for no reason. Um, also, I just wanted to tell you, too, last week there was a screw-up with ACAST. That's, how I, that's where I put on my podcast, and it goes to all the streaming medias. They, some for some reason, put out the show on Monday and then took it back. It was weird. So I, people were asking me what was going on. I saw it, and then it wasn't there. So it wasn't my fault. It was their fault. And um, eh, it's not that big a deal, you know. It's not like it didn't come out, so... Uh, so if some of you saw it and then didn't see it and then you saw it again, then it came out as regular time on Tuesday, but it's pretty annoying when you have everything, you know, when you're a person like me that has it down to a schedule, comes out every Tuesday, 1am, uh, unless you're a Patreon subscriber, then you get it early, which is so exciting, right? You're not going to want to miss this comedy gold. Well, this isn't even really comedy what we're talking about, it's just (laughs) talking gold. Um, so Wednesday... I had to go down to the courthouse because, you know, my landlords are suing me. Uh, you know, they've given me the paperwork, as you know, as we talked about last time. So I had to go down to the actual courthouse. I mean, I kept looking online like, well, how can I do this? Do you really have to go down to the courthouse? And they're like, well, you could file it electronically, but it takes three days and you got to get it notarized. And, you know, it's all this. I'm like, geez, I better get down there now because you have a 10-day window. Now, I know it probably doesn't matter because – you know, they've Biden has said where you, you, you can't get evicted until at least May or September. Who knows when it is? But if they're putting out the paperwork, the right thing to do is to go down and answer the petition. I mean, working in a law firm all these years, the one thing I, you know, I, I'm good at is making sure everything is kind of done by the book in that sense. So I went down. So Wednesday was the day because I that gave me I got served on the Wednesday before. So that gave me ten days to get down. I went down seven days in case there was any kind of mix up. I could go down Thursday, Friday, the long line or whatever. I go in that courthouse. There's nobody in the goddamn building. For, I take the, uh, the the motor scooter down there. It's freezing. I got to get different shoes. I finally bought uh, boots. They're coming Monday. Um, I think they're Uggs which is embarrassing because they think those are girl boots, but anything that'll keep my feet warm, it's a disaster. 
because riding on the scooter and then trying to sit outside is ridiculous. Um, so I took the scooter down there, it was freezing, and went to the courthouse. There's nobody in the building, probably around 3 o'clock. Nobody in the building. In the building. I go in, the first, the first guy says, have you been traveling anywhere? And I'm like, uh, well, I went to Jersey. And he goes, that doesn't count. Jersey's like, it's like nobody. Like he was making a joke. He's like, he, he, I think he was happy to see anybody. No one's in the building. I thought there was going to be a huge long line. So um, then I go through security and uh, I just keep buzzing like in Spinal Tap. I just can't seem to get through the thing. And it turns out it's my like Disneyland comb. I, I can't even explain that one. Um, but. Uh, I go up to the uh, landlord-tenant court, which is on the second floor. Again, there's nobody in this big room. I thought I was going to have to wait on line. There's no line. I'm like, where do I stand? He goes, no, you just come right up to the window. I'm here. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm really – I mean, everybody's getting served. I mean, I know for a fact everybody – you know, 30 people got served my building. There's nobody there? So – I went, and the guy took care of it. He goes, um, I wrote some stuff down, but he goes, no, do you want to do it written, or do you want to do the oral thing? And I'm like, I guess oral? I don't know. So he asks you some questions, and you tell him, and then he gives you the response. response goes to the landlord. Oh, that's what I forgot to do. I got to the post office. Um, and then, um, and that's it. And then you you, you, you go home. And I said, what's going on? It's like, oh, then we'll give you a court date, but we're not giving out court dates now. Normally, you get a court date, you go to a court, you... You plead your case, but we're not giving out court dates now. I'm like, well, why did I come here? He goes, eh, it's best if you answer it. And like, so I, I know I did the right thing, um, but it, I mean, it really it took two seconds, and then you you mail something. You, again, it, it's just nobody was there. I, 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 so what are you saying that the entire city of New York is getting sued and getting evicted or getting a rent demand, and no one is? They're just letting it go. Aren't there more than one person than myself that you want to at least answer the petition and saying, I'm having a hardship? You know, this is the exact same scenario as what I'm doing where I've decided not to pay because I I get the feeling some of the rent might be canceled or something. So, well, what if everybody's paying and then they cancel other people's rents? That doesn't seem fair to the people that were already paying. But I guess if you can pay and you can afford it, then I guess you should, but still it does seem... I mean, there are people that can afford it, but they're still struggling. You know, like like my neighbor Michelle, she's still struggling, but she's trying to work it out. Whereas I was just like, I can't... Well, first of all, I have no income coming in, so you know, there's nothing I could do. But there was a time in June, when, when I guess I stopped paying in August, where I'm like, well, I could probably pay two more months. And then I was like, well, you know, why at this point? So... Maybe I can save some money and, you know, when all this ends and then they'll need it or something, I can put it somewhere, whatever the case may be. Um, I just don't understand why there was nobody else at the courthouse. So then I spoke to my congresswoman and asked, you know, like, what, what, what do you think I should do? They're like, yeah, you definitely, you definitely want to answer. You did the right thing. But apparently nobody's answering and they're just letting it slide because they know nobody can. But maybe they won't keep sending me rent demands or keep, you know, they, maybe they won't keep knocking on the door now during my uh, show. It's the only thing I think of. So I just felt good that I actually went down and did it because it was, you know, it's obviously bothering me the whole week. And then I uh, went to the bar that I usually go on on Wednesdays. I hung out, but it, you know, and they have new heat lamps, but it doesn't work. 
I mean, I hung out there with my friend Lindsay. She's so incredible. And, um, you know, we were hanging out, and I hung out for like an hour and a half. But I was still freezing. There's heat lamps right on me. But it's still not working. She goes, oh, the manager said you, or the owner said you can come inside. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Thank you. And it was freezing in there because they have the windows open. So it was no better. And then I took the bike home, freezing again. My feet are freezing. My toes are my my toes, my feet, my hands are freezing. Uh, my face is a mess. You know, I'm wearing the mask. It's dripping snot all over the place. It's disgusting. Um, and, then, and I zoom home because I'm trying to get home really fast. And I I couldn't take it another second. I went inside. I was trying to maybe get something to eat. And I'm like, I got to go inside. I can't concentrate. My head can't concentrate in this kind of cold anymore. And I, I went and got some pizza. I came in. And again, for an hour and a half, I still could not get warm. I could not. I put on the heat in my building. I, I bundled up. I still was not feeling warm. Like, I couldn't get my core temperature up. I finally had to take a, you know, a hot shower. I mean, it's kind of fun because I know I can take a shower at any minute at that point. But I just can't believe how cold it just remains from being outdoors and sitting outside. Once they open the restaurants again, I assume that won't be the case. But... uh what a pain in the ass. But uh, again, you know, being able to get warm is good because, uh, you know, if I was homeless, that would be an issue. I feel bad for, you know, it's always bad time of the year for uh, homeless people to be outside during this kind of weather. And of course, you know, they never want to go to shelters. Oh, so also this week, Thursday... Uh, you might have heard with the uh, I told you I was uh, in in the stock market now. Um, you know I'm I'm totally playing the role of uh, Brian Brown in Cocktail. What's my What's my one true <laughs> shit? I can't get it. Reading between the lines. I wanted it all. I wanted it fast. Buy cover. Buy cover. Um. So you know I'm doing that now with that girl Sophia. And as it goes figure, we were in, you know, I don't know what I told you. I was in GameStop. I got rid of it in January, and I was only in GameStop because of Trading Places, the movie. I got out of it, I made some money, and I got out of it in January. So then I got into this AMC stock, not knowing that that was one of those stocks. And if you've heard about this, what happened with Robinhood this week, well, I was involved because I'm one of those people. I started on Robinhood. I left and went somewhere else, but Sophia's still on Robinhood. And Robinhood, if you've heard, I mean, it's just so funny. And I couldn't believe I was involved with it because I'm one of the people that was doing it. I bought these shares just like I read on Reddit and I went for it. And then they tried to screw the little guy. It's classic. Robinhood just froze the accounts. I mean, it's unbelievable how everybody is uh, kind of on the side of the little guy. I don't, I don't know if you know the story, but uh, so Thursday was a disaster because my shares went all the way down. And I'm like, should I, what should I do? What should I do? Uh, and I'm like, no, let's just, it, it'll figure it out. I figured it out, but my, oh, my stomach was a mess Thursday. And then I was like, I can't wait till four o'clock because I can relax a little bit. And, um, and then it all, you know, got okay on Friday because there was such an upheaval about Robin Hood, aptly named Robin Hood, because it's supposed to be take from the rich, gift to the poor. So you put on these platforms that, People like me are like, well, we'll give people like Dave Juskow an app to, you know, to start trading some stocks and getting into it. And then once people like me did, the people 
not like me, that are really, really rich, we're like, hey, we don't like this. This isn't going our way, so we're putting a stop to it. I mean, it's really messed up. And I was watching CNBC all day, and then they had the president of, the founder of Robin Hood on, and everybody just thinks he's lying. I mean, it's really fucked up what he did to people. Really fucked up. They decided to change the game because they were losing. It's messed up. It's awesome. And, um, I mean, it's very entertaining. I just wish I... I wish I wasn't involved in that stock. And now we're involved this week because we bought silver. That was the next thing. I mean, we just keep doing whatever they this gang tells us to do. <laughs> I guess it can go either way. I don't go crazy with it. But I buy a little. But um, it's just so interesting. And why not? Who gives a shit? Fuck everybody. I mean, it's just uh, completely fascinating. And now you hope that Robin Hood just goes out of business because of what they did to people like, well, not me. Again, I didn't, I don't have Robin but Sophia got screwed. She only works with Robin Hood. I told her to leave that place for a while because it's just, you know, it's the way she was, you know, betting. It's like you need a more adult stock system, you know? So um, now I hope, I really hope everybody gets out and that company is ruined because they deserve it because they're like, oh, we were thinking of our, users you know and they're like no you weren't you're the worst people ever um that's really bad and also the worst part is that that guy steve Cohn, who was so excited about the mets somehow he's involved in this and you know you remember i told you last week i was so excited about the jets and the mets and this new owner of the mets but yet something is amiss and somehow he's involved and you know the mets had already had this bernie madoff we were in mediocrity for so many years because mediocrity because Bernie Madoff screwed the Mets for years to come. I mean, that's all you need is this new guy who everybody likes is a huge fan to be involved in some other annoying thing. What a disaster. But exciting to be part of the movement. Just like when I was part of the Me Too movement. You know, whenever there's a movement, Dave Juskow's usually involved. Why is my voice so high when I say it? How are you? Uh, FYI, I just read in the paper today. Let me tell you, Dave Jessica's on top of everything. You know, I've been talking about Buck Rogers for the past three weeks. Well, apparently, George Clooney must be watching it on Saturday nights, too, because he's talking about starring in the new Buck Rogers movie. So there's no way that I'm just sitting there and obsessed with Buck Rogers all of a sudden. And then George Clooney is going to produce and possibly star in a remake of Buck Rogers. Come on. That's too coincidental. Clearly, he has nothing to do on a Saturday night as well. So, please. That is hilarious. Um, I He'll be fine in it, I guess. I don't really like his acting. I mean, I'd like to pal around him, but um, he's no fun for me. He's kind of like, I mean, he's okay. He's better than Denzel Washington, who are just, oh, my God. I heard that there's a new movie, The Little Things or something. It's uh, not supposed to be good, but, you know, I find him so boring. But Remy Malik is in it, and he's exciting. See, there's the difference for me. Um, okay, let's move on to some other stuff I have planned for you today. Uh, obviously, okay, so what am I watching? Um, I just started a movie called Sense8. 
that Vincent and Larry Moss told me about. It's on Netflix. Sense eight. It's a Wachowski brothers. You know the Matrix uh, guys that are now girls. Uh, it's their show on Netflix about people that are intertwined through psychic ability or something. Um, I saw the first episode. Seemed okay. Haven't watched anything else. I'll let you know. Meanwhile, by the way, uh, in watching the fifth episode of Sabrina the Teenage uh, Sabrina the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, oh man, was there some excitement when she went into this other dimension? I was like, oh no. I mean, uh, maybe I'll tell you later. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> so embarrassing. Also, watching WandaVision, which has been quite interesting. I can't seem to uh, the one that came out. Uh, this week I, I haven't seen yet, but I heard it answers a lot of questions. Very interesting. It's on Disney Plus, WandaVision, uh, Marvel stuff, and um, so far so good. Um, I also watched this movie, which I had uh, never seen before. I mean, I remember it in the eighties, but I remember having no interest in going to see it. Let's see if you remember it. Hello there. Take Rob Lowe. Had three smashed cars, one masked man, a dozen boys in blue, a pair of crazy killers, and a moat full of crocodiles. Sounds like Mother Goose. And what do you get? Rob Lowe as you've never seen him before. Are you crazy? In a totally outrageous... What do you think this is, a western? No. No. Certifiably insane. (laughs) What's going on here? But my mind's a blank right now. Completely wacky comedy from Peter Bogdanovich. Are you looking for the pervert? Yeah. He went that way. Uh-oh. Rob Lowe, illegally yours. He's off the queue. Well, I saw him first. Yeah, illegally yours with Rob Lowe. Well, this is not a great movie, but, um, you know... It was on cable, and I'm like, well, let me see. I remember this kind of from the 80s. I remember some of it. And, uh, you know, watching a Rob Lowe from, movie from the 80s always, I don't want to say entertaining, but you know what I'm saying, if you're up late at night and you got nothing to do. Um, and it was awful. But, you know, then I was doing some research about it and, you know, found out, yes, it was directed by Peter Bogdanovich. Peter Bogdanovich, you know, I mean, you know, he's good. He's an Oscar winner. I believe he won for Best Director for The Last Picture Show, ironically starring Cloris Leachman, who just died, who played the Phyllis clip up front, um, which she won an Oscar for, so he directed her to an Oscar. So this guy, you know, I mean, he had, you know, three big hits in a row, then nothing, and then this, and this destroyed him, and then and then Mask, um, you know, in the 80s. And then he was on The Sopranos and stuff, so he's a well-respected, but, you know, he made a lot of flops. So I was looking the movie up, and I didn't realize that Peter Bogdanovich had also done What's Up, Doc, which is one of my favorite comedies, actually, with Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand. And then I was like, and then when they said he was trying to make it like What's Up, Doc, and that's why Rob Lowe's wearing glasses in it, because he's clearly supposed to be just like Ryan O'Neill's character. The problem was, this didn't have Barbara Streisand in it. And Barbara Streisand is the reason, I mean, there's lots of reasons. I mean, it's, you know, it's got uh, Madeline Kahn, uh, Austin Pendleton, uh, Ryan O'Neill actually did a very good job in this. 
Um, so I think what is Zorro broken it? You know, um, there's so many other character actors. Kenneth Mars, who he also uses in Illegally Blunt from uh, the producers. Um, you know, I mean, and again, it had Barbara Streisand as the lead. This had this girl, I don't, Colleen Camp. I don't know where she is. I don't know where she was from. She's awful. Uh, so it doesn't work because the reason why I think What's Up Doc Worker is a female lead and it's Barbara Streisand and she looks luscious in this movie, What's Up Doc, Barbara Streisand, right? I've never found her attractive, but in this movie, What's Up Doc, oh my God, you're just like, wow, is she something else? You know, like a, just a beauty in a in a way you've never seen before. There's something so sexy about her because all she's trying to do is get with uh, Ryan O'Neill. It's just like the movie Bringing Up Baby, which I finally saw with uh, Kath, uh, what's with the famous, uh, oh my goodness, uh, you know, uh, Cary Grant and the one who's married to Spencer Tracy. You know what I'm talking about. I just can't think of it for the second. Um, no big deal. Catherine Hepburn. No big deal. She won four Oscars. Uh, and it's the exact same premise. Uh, it's the exact same premise. What's Up Doc is uh, Bringing Up Baby, which Peter Bogdanovich told. Uh, Rob Lowe to watch if he's going to do the movie. And apparently Peter McDonough changed the script and Rob Lowe didn't. I mean, who cares, right? It's a stupid movie. But the weird part is, and the funny thing is, is that Peter Bogdanovich was supposed to do a movie with Sophia Loren and Marcello Mastriani, uh, and it wasn't, like, ready. It was delayed. So he's like, well, I'll just do this. <laughs> but again, um, by the way, again, uh, what's up, Doc? is so good that when I went to see Artie Lang in the hospital, when me and Attell went to the hospital and his mother and sister were there, Artie Lang had his mother laughing so hard because he has memorized the this particular scene with the judge in What's Up Doc. And it is really good. I don't know what the actor's name is. But it's really good. It's really well written. And he can do the voice and the character. And he knows all the lines by heart. And he and his mother and us on the floor when he was sick in the hospital. It was so funny. But in this case, and I think the Supreme Court will back me up on this. I am seriously considering setting up a torture chamber. Now, I want this whole ridiculous story. Told by one person. Does there anybody here think they can handle it? All right. And while he's telling it, the rest of you keep whips and red hot irons in the back of your minds. Well, sir, my name is Howard Bannister, and I'm from Ames, Iowa. No excuse. No, sir, but it all started when I bumped my head in the taxi cab on the way in from the airport. Are you pleading insanity or amnesia? Neither, sir, but when I went to the drugstore to get something for a headache, the druggist tried to charge me for a radio because she said her husband would pay for it. But I didn't, of course. Of course. Anyway, she ripped my jacket, and when Eunice came along... Who's, who, who's Eunice? Well, Eunice is my fiancé. You have a wife and a fiancé? No, sir, but uh, she kept calling me Steve. Y your own fiancé calls you Steve? No, sir, my wife. Or rather, the one who isn't my wife. Well, what does the one who isn't your fiancé call you? 
Howard? No, sir. The one who isn't my fiancé doesn't call me Howard, and the one who isn't my wife doesn't call me Howard. Because the one who isn't my fiancé is also the one who isn't my wife. The other one who isn't my wife, the one who is my fiancé, she doesn't call me Steve. She calls me Howard. Do you see? Let's just skip over this part and move on, huh? Well, anyway, that night at the banquet, she was there again. Who was there? Who was there? Your wife or your fiancé? Neither. There's a third? No, sir. The one who isn't either. Everyone was calling her Burnsy. Why? Well, that's short for Burns. That's Eunice's last name. Oh, so Eunice was there. No, sir. Burnsy was there. Or rather, the one who isn't Burnsy. I think I want to skip over this part, too. Well, that night I went back to my room and she was there taking a bath. Who was there? Uh, no, no. Don't tell me. Just go on. Well, when Eunice walked in and the drapes caught fire and everything burned, they asked me to leave the hotel. I really don't blame them. Good boy. Is there more? Oh, sure. There's more. Well, the next day, today, uh, Mr. Larrabee asked me to come to his house with my rocks and to bring Eunice, or rather Burnsy, the one he thinks is Eunice. Is that clear? No, but it's consistent. Shall I go back over it? Oh, no, please, I beg you. Just, just go on. Well, it gets kind of complicated now. First, there was this trouble between me and Hugh. You and me? No, not you. Hugh. I am you. You and me? No, I am you. Stop saying that. Make him stop saying that. Don't touch me. I'm a doctor. Have what? Music. Can you fix a hi-fi? No, sir. Then shut up. Well, anyway, he came in and tried to get my case, and then he came in and tried to get his case... And then they came in and tried to get all the cases, and then the shooting started. They forced me to come with them. I was out in the car the whole time. You little fink. Oh, you brought the stuff Silence! Silence! Order! Now, this is my last warning. I intend to get to the bottom of this web of deceit and confusion if it takes me the rest of my life, which may end at any minute. You and the blanket. You seem to have caused all this. Exactly what have you got to say for yourself? Judy. Hello, Daddy. Classic. Oh, man. That's good writing, too, right? So it's a really fun script. If you've never seen the movie, I highly recommend watching it. It's really fun. And, you know, when you see it the way it is and it's... uh, a farce, farcical way, you know, just remember it's like, you know, one of the first ones. I mean, it's not because bringing a baby was the exact same way, but for its time, it's uh, really good. But that, that writing is fun. That judge is amazing. And I'm telling you, it's just now I can't watch it. Just thinking of Mrs. Lang laughing so hard. Artie's got the the cadence down. He's got the voice. He's got the uh, the imitation of this judge down and all the dialogue. And it's really, really funny. Um, Let's see who wrote. Uh, what's up, Doc? I I wonder if Pete. I mean, Peter Bogdanovich couldn't have. Oh my God! You know who wrote it? Buck Henry. There we go. That's why it was so good. God damn, was that guy good? How do you like that? He wrote it with two other guys, but Buck Henry. Doesn't that make sense now? How do you like it? Because you heard that dialogue. It's 2021, and that's from 1972, and that is pretty much really funny lines. You know, I mean, I don't know whether you could do something like that today, but. It's really good. Anyway, the other hilarious part of this Illegally Yours is like this is one of the songs in the movie.
How could it not be? It's from 1988. Of course this is the song in Illegally Yours with Rob Lowe. I mean, this sounds like... I mean, you, I didn't have to tell you what decade this song was written in. Everyone knows. It's the most standard of all songs of all time. If I say if I say to somebody, what, what year was Illegally Yours? I'm like, well, you try and guess. I'll play the opening of this song and you tell me. I mean, it, 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 it's just, it, it, it's awful. And I mean, it was even awful in the 80s. You know, I mean, this is a bad song. Um, and that's why this is just so strange. When I heard it, I couldn't believe my ears. And I had to look it up. And I say, how the fuck did they get this guy to do the end credits and possibly the opening credits? I haven't seen the opening credits. But basically the theme to illegally yours the theme how did they get this guy so that's why i had to that's why i was having trouble i had to look it up i'm like okay well i guess if a you know director like peter bogdanovich says hey you know can you do you mind writing it so like i, I guess it, it had to be somebody big it couldn't be just like a first-time director of you know whatever some really bad you know like uh what's that other one he's in where he's a the rowboat instructor or whatever you know varsity blue no i don't know what it's called uh whatever it doesn't matter but they get well you'll know who it is right away but i mean <laughs> just even saying and now let's uh play the theme to illegally yours here he is love is a gambler with your heart love is a rambler from the start and the hottest fire you know is in the flame of a lover's glow and there's a chance when you play with fire sometimes you might get burned love is a gambler love is a gambler lady luck is always there when the wheel is turned well, you can feel just like a child when you fall in love you hide and seek for dreams that might come like a little boy and girl Playing games of make-believe But it's gotta be a game That's meant for two Love is a gambler with your heart Love is a rambler you know, The 80s must have been so horrible for people like Johnny Cash, you know? Who was already, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the 80s were so... You just kind of had to get through the 80s If you're a guy like Johnny Cash Who was around for so many years And he's like, well... I guess I got to conform at some point, you know, and then, of course, back in the night, then he started getting more like, hey, Johnny Cash is still great, but you had to get through the 80s. He had to do an 80s song. And then you say, how did they even get Johnny Cash? I don't think he's ever done a sound. I mean, his movies have been in movies. His songs have been in movies, but they actually got him to it would have to be like, a, you know, Peter Bogdanovich is asking me to do it because... And then what an embarrassment, you know? But why this movie? If I was Johnny Cash, I would have been like, well... Can I do the mask theme at least? At least that sounds... Because then you could picture Johnny Cash doing the theme to mask. 
the movie Mask. This makes no sense, and it is hilarious, and you feel bad for Johnny Cash. You can often hear the melodies of love. All <laughs> but passion's fruits are sweet, so taste them carefully. And listen till you hear that harmony. Love is a gambler with your heart. You know, he did... Uh, I think he did three versions of this song, and one of them is actually with his daughter, Roseanne Cashes. I think she was a little girl at this time. I, I don't know how old she was, but uh, this one sounds so much better because it's a little bit of a duet action. They sound really good together. Love is a gambler with your heart. Love is a rambler from the start, and the hottest fire you'll know is in the flame of a lover's glow. And there's a real good chance when you play with fire, sometimes you might get burned. Love is a gambler, love is a gambler, baby, luck is always there when the wheel is turned. version maybe maybe peter bogdanovich i mean he he says illegally yours is the worst movie he's ever made and he hates it so maybe he was like i don't want to put a good version of that song in this movie I, that's the only thing i think of this is so much better she sounds great and they sound great together and how cute is that and it sounds less 80s this way Sounds more timeless. So taste them carefully and listen till you hear the harmony. Love is a gambler with your heart. Love is a gambler. That's a fun song all of a sudden, right? But it's like that 80s. I mean, it's still funny. But I mean, it's only funny because it's that would be a great song if you didn't know it was from that movie. And that's what makes it kind of bad. But uh, yeah, when she comes in, it's um, it's 10 times better, you know? Um, but it's just funny to be in the same movie as uh oh <laughs> sorry 
took me a long time to get there. It's just funny to be in the same era as, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, this is the other 80s it could be. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. This should have been in the movie, too. It's so for the car chase scene, you know. Push it to the limit. Yeah. Okay. I think I've sang this on multiple uh, podcasts, so... Um. Yeah! Yeah, it's the entire Scott Face soundtrack, everybody. Come on. Yeah! Woo! This is at the, uh, the club scene, you know, with some of my favorite dialogue. Okay, Mel. Yeah. Hello, Tony, you remember me? Bernstein, Mel Bernstein, right? Chief Detective Narcotics. That's right. I think we should talk. Talk? What's we gonna talk about? I ain't killed nobody. Not lately. No, not lately. What about ancient history? Like Amelia Rabanga. Or a bunch of whacked out Indians at the Sunray Motel. Whoever's giving shoes your information, taking you for a long ride, man. <laughs> Tony, baby, we gonna talk? Am I going to bust your wise-ass spick balls here and now? Word on the street is you're bringing in a lot of yale. That means you're not a small-time punk anymore. You're public property now. Supreme Court says that your privacy can be invaded. Okay. How much? How much? Well, there's an answer to that, too. Here's how much. Can you see it? Big number. Oh, yeah. That's on a monthly basis. Same thing every month. You know how this works? No. You tell me. We tell you who's moving against you. We shake down or you want shaking down. Let's say you got a real problem making a collection. And then we step in for you. I got eight killers with badges working for me. When they hit, it hurts. Same thing works the other way. You feed me a bus now and then. Some cowboy setting himself up in business. Small fry, you know. We like snacks. How do I know? You're the last cop I'm going to have to grease. What about Fort Lauderdale? Metro. DEA. How do I know what rock they're going to crawl out from on? That's not my business, Tony. We don't cross no lines. Listen, you think I want this conversation going any further than this table? My guys got families. They're legitimate cops. I don't want to see them embarrassed. If they're embarrassed, they'll suffer. If they suffer, they'll make you suffer. You understand what I'm talking about? Uh, thanks for the drink. By the way, I got a vacation coming up. I'm going to take the wife to London, England. We've never been there. So uh, throw in a couple of round-trip tickets, first class. You ought to smile more, Tony. You got to enjoy yourself. Every day above ground is a good day. <laughs> That's the idea. Okay, Mel. I see you later. 
I think I say that line every day. Okay, Mel. I'll see you later. Of course, no one knows where it's from. Okay, Mel. I'll see you later. How about I give you two first-class tickets to the resurrection? Fuck you. So long, Mel. <laughs> I can't help myself. I told you I got a problem. Um, well, that was fun. <laughs> what else am I doing? Let's see. We got uh, two more things I wanted to do. Uh, one thing I just read in the news on Sunday. It's about this woman that lives in Israel, and she's a columnist uh, or a writer. Lives in Israel. She got a, she's Jewish. Lives in... That's obvious. Maybe it's not. She's got American parents. And she goes, I got the vaccine before my elderly parents because I live in Israel. And she's trying to explain. She's like, I just, I don't know what to say. Israel's got it right. The uh, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, spent a lot of money and uh, with Pfizer, but a de- he made a deal that he would give them data information on how it works if they give him a deal and give him lots of the formula or you know whatever I'm pronouncing it. And um, because they wouldn't do that here because they don't like giving out private information. But he was like, fuck this. Let's just do it. Let's go for it all, and he's probably going to get reelected. And and if and if Trump, he was such a fan, of, if Trump was such a fan of his and all this stuff, I don't know why Trump. Trump would have gotten reelected if he had handled things better like this, you know. And this guy, and they've all been talking about. It. We talked about it last week. Israel's got. I know they're a smaller country. I get it, but it's the process of what they did and how they did it, which makes it so interesting. Which which could have been done here or should be done here. And that's why I say with Cuomo, I mean, at least in New York State, there's this woman uh, who's like a Fox News weather girl, Janice Dean, who's totally taking on Cuomo, going to run for governor. I'm all in. She hates the way he's handled COVID. I'm all in on this lady. She seems okay. She knows what she's doing. Now, here's the worst part of this week's thing. I just read this yesterday in the New York Post, and I can't even fucking believe it. Thousands of San Francisco residents are banding together to stop the city from renaming 44 schools that bear the names of racist historical leaders, including, get ready, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, and Thomas Jefferson. Well, that's going too far. I mean, this is insane. You're telling me there's people in San Francisco who don't want a school named after? Okay. Let's say we make a case for Thomas Jefferson, who was awesome in every way, except, yes, he owned slaves. But remember, again, you can't just go back in time and change stuff. He owned slaves when everybody owned slaves, and he got rid of them. And we all know how it worked with Thomas Jefferson. He should be forgiven. George Washington, I don't know, whatever. But you're going to not name Abraham Lincoln? If it wasn't for Abraham Lincoln, we'd probably still have slavery. What the fuck is everybody's problem? I mean, this is insane. This is insane. It's going too far. And it's like sometimes a uh, uh, my favorite example is this uh, Michael Caine movie from the 80s. In the 80s, there was a Michael Caine movie called Blame It on Rio. And the reason why I know it so well is because that's where I started getting my Michael Caine imitation from when I started doing it. Blame it on Rio. And the premise is Michael Caine, who's either 42 or 44, is sleeping with, is having sex with a 16-year-old girl, his 
best friend's daughter. And it's a laugh-out-loud comedy. The other best friend is Demi Moore, who's in it too. And it's a comedy. It's a broad comedy. They expected people to be in the theaters laughing hysterically that Michael Caine's bumbling around, sleeping, having sex with this 16-year-old girl. Now, it's uh, uh, illegal or it's not illegal, but the point is it was only frowned upon up until about 2015. I know it's wrong and the man should know better, but that's the thing. It was frowned upon. They made a broad comedy about Michael Kidd's supposed to be hilarious about him sleeping with this 16-year-old girl. Times were different. And there's nothing we can do about it. You cannot go back in time and change it, although, man, that would be cool. You know we all want a time machine. If our favorite movie is Back to the Future, of course we want that to happen. But it can't be done. You have to move on. You have to remember it. You got to move on. You can't just start canceling out the people that put this great nation together. It is a great nation. You can't just take away Thomas Jefferson's one of the greatest people to have ever lived. Yes, he owned a slave, but he got rid of them when he was supposed to. I, you know, And I think he was good to his slave. Isn't it better to have a slave owner that was good to his slaves when there were so many people who were not? And maybe we don't have all the facts, but let's face it. Thomas Jefferson was a very bright man and a patriot. And he can't blame for what was happening there where he tried to change it. He tried to put a slavery clause into the Declaration of Independence, and they wouldn't let him. The South wouldn't let him. Are you going to cancel out this guy? He was a great president. He's the reason this country is great. And remember, we're a very young country. All that stuff only happened. We talk about this all the time. I mean, 200, almost 250 years ago. That's not that long ago. It's not like Europe or, or Asia where things happened you know, tens of thousands of years ago. This country was only put together at the most in 400 years, and it was only the laws we have today. It's only 200 years old. We don't know how things are going to be, but they did a pretty good job of, you know, again, that's why I, you know, have that sitcom. There's nothing, there's nothing that would be more entertaining than watching three guys put a country together knowing full well these laws have to stay for over 200 years or, or more. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a lot of work. You know, Biden, it's so funny. Uh, the guy hasn't given a press conference or anything because he's, he's making all these th- – he's, like, trying to fix everything really quick. The quick things he can fix that Trump really, you know, kind of messed up while he was in office. And he's fixing all this stuff, the stuff he can fix quickly to help people during a pandemic. And then we'll work on the other stuff later. I like it. I'm not a huge Biden fan. I've told you before. We only voted for him because he was an anti-Trump person. You voted against Trump by voting for Biden. They probably could have found somebody a little better, but for tonight, for today, he'll do. But unfortunately, Donald Trump did, he, you know, at first he did a lot of good stuff, but this COVID thing, I think he really dropped the ball and made kind of a mess of things. And... uh but I also just like the fact that everybody's already picking on him already. <laughs> I mean, what are you supposed to do? You guys been in office for a week. They're already giving him shit. Who would even want to? Why would you even want to run for president at this point? It's just got to be a thankless job. But whatever. 
I was showing a, a picture on the uh, Tuesday show of Trump leaving and Marine One during Inauguration Day. He left on Wednesday morning. And then him getting a hero's welcome when he got back to Florida in Mar-a-Lago. He'll be around for a long time. We've known that. He's been around for a long time. He'll be around for a long time. That's okay. That's him. You know, Florida is a good place to be. How do I know he's not the last guy I got to deal with, right? How do I know? How do I know there's another guy not going to crawl out from another rock? Hey, I only work with what's happening now. I can't worry about it. You think I want this conversation going any further? <laughs> eh, you know they're keeping restaurant week this week. Isn't that the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your life? They're having restaurant week in New York City and no restaurants are open. It's the most insane thing I've ever heard. They're keeping restaurant week. Postpone it until the restaurants are open, you dumb twat. Well, we want people to order out. Oh, shut up. Maybe, you know, people are already ordering out whatever. I don't think restaurant week is going to help. You just order what's in your neighborhood, unfortunately. Nobody's going out of their neighborhood to order in. So shut up. When it's restaurant week, you go out of your neighborhood to go visit a restaurant. This is so stupid. Well, we'll see what happens. We don't want to end on an unhappy note. I mean, we're having a good time, right? It's getting getting dark out, so it's 5 o'clock already. It's getting dark. It's getting dark later now. Now I kind of miss when it got dark early. <laughs> I'm kind of wishy-washy that way. Well, that is our show for today. I uh, really had a great time. It's for the beginning. It's just a good mood. I have a good time. We had a lot to put together today. It's really super fun. It's uh, Saturday night here, but it's Tuesday night. Usually when you get, of course, my Patreon subscribers... We're going to get right now Saturday. Have a great Saturday night. Listen to the Nightfly. Woohoo! Oh, speaking of which, I have also, I've uh, put out an offer to this guy who owns the West Bank Cafe. Speaking of restaurants on 10th Avenue and 42nd Street, I think he's going to join us on our next video podcast. His name is Steve Olson. He's owned the place for years. It's an amazing restaurant. And all these Broadway stars put together a GoFundMe page for him so he could still be there and wouldn't have to close. We're going to talk to him who's a very interesting guy. Remember, he used to own this place, with, I thought, with, well, we'll find out for sure, with Lewis Black, Mark Lynn Baker, who we love from uh, My Favorite Year. And I've been going there for years. I've got pictures in there. They've got a great theater downstairs. That's where I saw Joan Rivers perform. So he should be a very interesting place. I also put out a uh, word to this guy who is selling our favorite wing place. I'm hoping, I don't know how to get in touch with him yet, but I'll figure it out, who is trying to sell his places only with Bitcoin. So that should be fascinating. I'm trying to get these guys on one podcast in uh, our February video audio podcast. And uh, hopefully that should be quite interesting. Anyway, happy February. We'll get through February. By the time we get to March, everything will be open up. It'll be all fine. Be like the whole thing never happened, right? That's what we have to hope for. Who cares? We're all having a good time in COVID. Yay. Yay. Well, I guess I am. I don't know. You know, not waking up and not having anything to do is pretty sweet magic, I got to say. So whatever. I mean, that's just me. I just hope everybody else is obviously doing okay. I know we say it every week, but I hope they are. And I hope you're having a nice week and, and you know, doing, doing the best you can financially and health-wise and everything. And, you know, so we're definitely going to get through it. And again, hopefully the night fly helps you get through it once a week. Well, folks, 
thank you so much for joining us. Uh, remember tonight, if uh, you're listening on Tuesday, Jeff Ross, Mark Cohen, we will be going over the lineup of the Puppy Bowl. And uh, next week, uh, right, I'll probably tape before the Super Bowl. Remember, I was off last week in the sense of I thought it was going to be the Packers. They suck. Um, so it's the Chiefs and the. What are you? Am I going to go with Tom Brady? Yes, I'm going to. I'm going for the Chiefs. I don't care. I hate betting against Tom Brady, but I'm going Chiefs. Pat, you know, then what am I going to do? Bet against Patrick Mahomes too? He's pretty good too. So I'm going in all Chiefs and the over, of course, because you know who's going to bet the under. And anyway, though, we'll talk about that next week. Even though by the time this comes out, it'll be over, and you'll know whether I won or lost. But um, I did okay last week, by the way. I did very good. I won all my money back. Uh, so that's okay. You have to consider that a win. Anyway, we'll talk about that next week. And I hope everybody has a great week. We'll see you next week. On the night fly, everybody. Good night.